0: Is If we obey His word, then we walk in the light.
1: Friends, good to be with you this morning. It's Tuesday morning and it is the 25th day of October. We are just a few days away from when uh, we will be holding our event, the Trunk or Treat event that we will hold on um, All Hollows Eve, uh, the 31st of October. Coming up very quickly, so um, just want to remind you about that. Be prayerful for that event. We will see how it goes uh, this year. Just trusting God to uh, be at work in people's lives and and uh, in our midst as well. So uh, we, we look for how God will work and ask you to pray together with us. Uh, we are going to be today in the fifth chapter of the book of Mark looking at uh, you know, Jesus' authority over spiritual forces. Um, this particular uh, incident that we'll be reading about here uh, really does transform a life, and this is the type of thing that we should be praying for, uh, the, uh, to see this type of thing happen in people's lives, to see them transformed. Uh, you know, decisions don't transform us. Um, you say, what do you mean decisions? Well, I, I've watched people who make, quote, decisions for Christ because they want to get into heaven someday. But sometimes I wonder if those people have truly been converted, uh, if, if conversion internally, regeneration of the spirit has actually taken place in their lives. That's something that you can desire. That's something you can pray for. You cannot convert yourself. You cannot regenerate yourself. Uh, that is all a work of the Holy Spirit, and friends, we should be praying for a God's Spirit to be at work to um, to bring people to true, genuine, uh, authentic conversion, where they truly are born of the Spirit, and their lives are transformed. That that should be our prayer uh, for people. Uh, to come to Christ, not just that they would make decisions. And and that, that's that been the problem, I think. Part of the problem is we, we lead people to decisions, but we don't push them to really consider uh, what life in Christ really means and uh, how when we truly encounter Christ, our, our lives are transformed. We're going to see that as we get into this passage here this morning. And uh, here we go. Uh, they went across the lake to the region of the Gerasenes. When Jesus got out of the boat, a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. This man lived in the tombs, and no one could bind him any more not even with a chain. For he had often been chained hand and foot, but he tore the chains apart and broke the irons on his feet. No one was strong enough to subdue him. Night and day, among the tombs and in the hills, he would cry out and cut himself with stones. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. He shouted at the top of his voice, "'What do you want with me, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? Swear to God that you won't torture me.' For Jesus had said to him, "'Come out of this man, you evil spirit.' Then Jesus asked him, "'What is your name?' My name is Legion, he replied, for we are many. And he begged Jesus again and again not to send them out of the area. A large herd of pigs was feeding on a nearby hillside. The demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go into them. He gave them permission, and the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs. The herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what had happened. When they came to Jesus, they saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there, dressed, and in his right mind. They were afraid. Those who had seen it told the people what happened to the demon-possessed man, and they told about the pigs as well. Then the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. As he was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. But Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you, how he's had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. What a story this is. And again, these aren't just stories like fables and myths. These uh, these are actual recorded historical events that took place uh, in the life of Christ, through the life of Christ, uh, and that's what we're reading about. I mean, we could talk about going across the lake. I mean, there's a lot of lake and a lot of mountains in Jesus' life, in his ministry. Spending much time going, crossing lakes, a lot of time in a boat, a lot of time in mountains. Uh, those, those were part of uh, just part of his ministry, travel plans. Uh, when Jesus got out of the boat, he a man with an evil spirit came from the tombs to meet him. Now, think about this person living among the tombs. Now, currently... We live right next door to a cemetery. It would be, now that we do have a man among the tombs uh, frequently, but he doesn't live there. Uh, but uh, our dear neighbor uh, Edwin is frequently among the tombs because uh, he is uh, the caretaker of the cemetery. He and his precious bride, Susan. and uh, But this man lived among the tombs. And it says that no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. I mean, people tried. People tried to apprehend this man. People tried, apparently, just, just reading into the context here, people tried to chain him, and he would just break the chains. I mean, friends, you need to know that the demonic realm is real. You need to know that the demonic realm is strong. You need to know that the demonic realm sometimes cannot be held down with chains. Um, We have, uh, there's a man in our church here, his name is David. You can talk to him about a situation he encountered a number of years ago uh, at our local Christian camp where this young girl, it seems like she was from one of the islands, I don't mean like a main island, I mean like Jamaica or... Haiti or Dominican Republic or some, some place like that, um, came and she was actually demon possessed and she, it took the, the men, uh, all, the, all their strength to uh, be able to subdue this, this girl and, and help her through the issues she was going through. It was a very nasty, um, uh, situation that took place but but she was a small small girl but she was able just to kind of throw men around like rag dolls and uh, um, that is the power of the demonic realm the demonic realm can can uh, overpower us that's why we shouldn't take it willy-nilly the demonic realm that's why we if if we are encountering the demonic realm, and and we more frequently do than we realize, uh, and if we're dealing a demonic dealing with a demonic person, we need to make sure first that we're in right standing with Jesus, uh, and uh, ask the Lord's work to be, uh, to be evident in our lives. Ask the Lord to work through us, because it isn't us who can overcome darkness; it is Jesus in us who overcomes the darkness and situations like what we're reading here notice all the negatives of this man's life he lived among the tombs he couldn't be bound uh it says no one was strong enough to to subdue him verse 5 says night and day among the tombs he would cry out kind of out of his right mind he would cut himself uh, this whole uh instance of self-torture, self-mutilation. When he saw Jesus from a distance, he ran and fell on his knees in front of him. But just look at the negatives of his life. Look at what was happening. I mean, um, living among the tombs. I mean, really, out of his mind. Look look at his living situation, for one, in verse three. Uh, look at how strong he was. Uh, The end of verse 3 and into verse 4. Verse 5, the the crying out, the the immense emotional torture, the mental and emotional anguish that this man was living in, so much so that he cried out and he cut himself. All of these things. Just notice the mess, notice the wreck that this man is. And, And then he encounters Jesus. Um, what does Jesus do for this man? Jesus said to him, Come out of this man, you evil spirit. In fact, the evil spirit, verse seven, recognized Jesus. What do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? Swear to God that you won't torture me. The demons knew who Jesus was. The demonic realm knew who Jesus was. Um his own flesh and blood did not receive him, but the demonic realm knew exactly who he was and what he was up to. We need to understand. This is where I say it isn't enough just to have a willy-nilly belief. Even the demons believe in God and tremble. We need to, we need to trust God. We need to entrust our souls. We need to entrust our being to Jesus. There are a lot of people in the world who who believe, well, I believe in God, or I believe in, you know, I, you know, I believe in Jesus, but it's like I believe in Santa Claus. They'd say the same thing. Uh, and uh, But the belief we're talking about, Saving belief is faith. is It's an entrustment of self. It's an entrustment of soul to Christ. That is what we mean when we when we talk about believing. It is surrender. Well, I believe in Jesus, but I'm not going to surrender to Him. Well, wait a minute. So, what do you exactly believe about Jesus? You believe He was a religious figure. You believe He was a teacher. You believe He was maybe some type of a prophet or something like that, but. But what do you really believe about Jesus? Do you entrust yourself to him? This is the type of belief we're talking about. Uh, in, in the book of James chapter 2, it speaks to the fact that there are, that, that even the demons believe and tremble. That's James 2 uh, verse 14 or verse 17. Let's go and find that real fast. I want to make sure and give you the right address. Um
0: Verse 19, verse
1: 19, James chapter 2 says this to us. It says, You believe that there is one God. It's down here at the bottom of the page, bottom of the screen. It says, You believe that there is one God. Good. Even the demons believe that and they shudder. Demons believe. You need to make sure that you don't have just some mild mental cognizance affirmation you need to have all out trust all out surrender that is the type of faith that, that you need to have a faith in the book of James would would tell us that it's a faith that moves us to action if your faith is real it's going to show up in how you live your life it's going to show up in your Character, it's going to show up in your priorities. It's just simply going to show up. A real encounter with Jesus, like this man had back in Mark chapter five, brought life change. Jesus uh, chased away the demon. Now, there there are curious questions I might not get into the answers of here. Um, Verse 8 said, Jesus had said to him, Come out of this man, you evil spirit. Then Jesus asked, What is your name? My name is Legion, for we are many. Maybe Don can look up real fast. What is, the, what is the number of a legion? I want you to have an idea, a sense of uh, how many a legion is. Um, so a legion is more than one. In fact, I, if I recall correctly, a legion, a legion is, an, is an astounding number. Jesus asked, what is your name? My name is legion. He replied, for we are many. Uh, so Don says this, legion referred to a division of the army that numbered between three to 6,000 soldiers. So this man may have had within him that many, several thousand a few thousand to to four, five, six thousand um, demons occupying his soul, his body, Uh, really not his soul, but really his body, occupying his body. Um, They begged Jesus again and again and again not to send them out of the area. And there was a large herd of pigs, it says in verse 11, that were feeding on a nearby hillside. And the demons begged Jesus, send us among the pigs, allow us to go to them. Now, now why were they pleading like this? They were pleading like this because uh, if they were told to leave, that would mean that they had to go back to their place of torture. And they didn't want to go back to that place of torture. They were out and about in and living in in some uh, modicum of, quote-unquote, freedom. Uh, And if he sent them back, that would be sending them back uh, into the spirit realm of torture and punishment. uh, And they didn't want to go back there. So that's why they begged. And he said, okay, fine. And he gave them permission, and the evil spirits came out and went into the pigs, the herd, about 2,000 in number, rushed down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Now, now that's that's an unfortunate uh, aspect to this story, that these pigs drown. And uh, maybe you've heard the saying, when pigs fly. Well, that's kind of uh, referencing this particular uh, story in Scripture, uh, when pigs fly. The pigs actually didn't fly. They They jumped off this steep bank and were drowned, and and notice, I mean, that's an awful lot of bacon there. Now, Jews didn't eat bacon anyway, uh, because they they didn't eat pork, but others, uh, perhaps, in their uh, area, Romans and whatnot, would eat pork. But the the pigs ran down the steep bank into the lake and were drowned. Now, now, we can all of a sudden, I can see us getting all sentimental, feeling poorly for the piggies. But let's not miss the much grander uh, occurrence here and how this man's life was changed. It says, those tending the pigs ran off and reported this in the town and countryside, and the people went out to see what happened now. Now those tending the pigs might not have understood what Jesus had done for this man. uh those tending the pigs may have simply known that the pigs got out of control and went running down this hill and off a bank and in into the waters um that might be all that they knew that all that he knew he he may not have known what Jesus had done for this man. He may not have known about the demons perhaps we we don't know We just know that that, that this cataclysmic a uh, very unfortunate situation occurred where the pigs ran down the hill and uh, and were drowned. So that's what he went back into the town to report. Uh, and it says the people went out to see what happened. In verse 15, it says, when they came to Jesus... They saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons sitting there dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Now, take some note of some things. They saw the man who had been possessed by the legion of demons. This man didn't go running away from them. Uh, this, man didn't, uh, uh, this man didn't scare them. He didn't threaten them uh they they knew of this man uh, th- there was some infamy to this man who lived among the tombs and who cried out and cut himself, and the people had tried to subdue him, and they could not and uh, so he was infamous in that way, but they saw him he was he was sitting there. He was no longer as before out of control. He was sitting there. Jesus is able to bring our out of control lives into control. We feel like sometimes feel like things are spinning out of control. When we come to Jesus, He can put things in control. He was sitting there, under control, self-discipline, actually discipline, probably empowered by the Spirit to be self-disciplined, or or no longer in torment, just just sitting there, calm, peaceful. Uh, before there was no peace, and now there's a peace that allows Him to sit there. Also, uh, said earlier that he ran around among the tombs uh, naked. Now he is sitting there and he is dressed. You notice the the, the moral change that comes over him the the uh, from from running around naked to running around dressed. He was out of his mind before. He was insane. He was a crazy man. But now it tells us that he was in his right mind for us to be in the same place, for us to uh, realize that Christ puts us in our right mind. Look at the life change. Now, I don't know about you. I I do know about me, though, and the life transformation that took place in my life. Now, I'm not perfect. Uh, The the things that, that maybe were temptations to me when I came to Christ could still be temptations to me today. Uh, or things that were sins in my life could still be temptations to me. I I don't want to say that they would not be. However, when I encountered Jesus, my life was transformed. Uh, I was born again. Uh, I did go from death to life. Uh, The Spirit of God came in and took up residence in me. My mind changed. My behaviors changed. I was out of control. Now, now I was under the spirit's control. This story of what Jesus can do in a life is absolutely amazing. Have you had this encounter? Have you had the encounter where where, where you just know within your heart that the spirit of God is? is testifying with your spirit that, in fact, you are a child of God. I hope so. If not, ask the Spirit to, to, to witness to your spirit that you are a child of God. Now, you may have grown up in a church situation. You weren't like me, and I didn't grow up in a church situation. I didn't grow up in a Christian home. I grew up in a situation where I, I was kind of left to myself, and got into all kinds of things, all kinds of things, uh, and, and I was filled with a fair amount of anger. I, I would rage at times, and uh, um, the things that, that I loved were, were things that I needed to be delivered from, and the Lord did that for me. I got away from the drugs. I got away from the drunkenness. Uh, I got away from, from the, all the illicit activity that I had been involved in. Christ changed me. He, he seized my mind. This man says he was in his right mind. When the Spirit of God takes control of us, he seizes our minds, and we end up in our right minds. Now, notice the impact that it had on the people. They saw him, and it says in verse 15, they were afraid. They were afraid. They didn't understand what happened to this man. I mean, it it, it created a a buzz. It created a stir. Just what exactly is going on here? Those who had seen it told the people what happened to the demon-possessed man, told about the pigs as well. So there were witnesses who had seen what happened to the demon-possessed man and to the pigs as well. And the people began to plead with Jesus to leave their region. Unfortunately, there are people who would want Jesus to leave our region. There are people who don't want the work of Jesus to, to be all that it could be and all that it should be. Uh, they they would prefer Jesus to leave. They don't want Jesus to, to mess up their livelihood. They don't want Jesus to uh, call the shots. I mean, there are stories of the Welsh revival that took place, and people were so changed in the midst of that revival that that the donkeys could no longer work in the mines. You see, what well, what did the revival have to do with donkeys no longer being able to work in the mines? It's quite simple. The donkeys uh, didn't couldn't relate to how they were being spoken to anymore. They they were. They, they, they had been uh, accustomed to being treated harshly and to foul language. And uh, come on, you effing donkey, and and fill in all the other expletives that could be there. And, and the people in the Welsh revival were so changed that no longer did they use coarse language. In fact, it was so uh, so wonderful that the bars closed, all the various bars for all the miners closed because... People were no longer going to the bars and getting drunk. Jesus can change things. Jesus can change people. Jesus Christ can transform lives. And that's what we need to be praying for. Not that we just have people in the church. Not that we just have people come to a trunk or treat event. Not not just that we, but that lives would be transformed by Jesus Christ. That would be our prayer. Yes, we want people to go to heaven someday. We, we want to be with them together in eternity someday. But even more importantly than that is, is that their lives would be filled with Jesus. Verse 18 says this As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon possessed begged to go with him. Do we beg to be with Jesus? Or is it a nuisance. This man's life was transformed. He wanted to be with Jesus. Oh, that that would be us. Oh, that we would want to be with Jesus. I was thinking in my conversation with my dear friends, George and Barb, uh, that how I went and spent time with them almost every night. I was at Six, 15, 16, 17, 18 year old, those three or four years, I went to their, their house so regularly and they poured into me. I wanted to be with them because they were with Jesus and that people would want to be us be uh, to be with us because we are with Jesus. That, that we would have a draw about our lives and that draw would be Christ just just flooding through us that we are salt and that we're light to the world and that people would be drawn to Christ as a result of our relationship with Christ. But notice what he says here in verse 18 into verse 19. The man begged to go with Jesus, but Jesus did not let him go. He said, go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And it says, all the people were amazed. Jesus Jesus didn't just take us to heaven after our salvation. He could have just taken us right out of here, but he didn't do that. He left us here for a reason. And what reason did he leave us here for? He left us here for the reason of demonstrating and communicating him to those around us. He left us here for a gospel mission. He left us here so that we would communicate Christ to other people. That's why we were left here. I mean, sometimes I ask that question, Lord, I struggle with my sins. Lord, I struggle with, especially when I was a young Christian, why, why did you leave me here? Why didn't you just take us out of here? We, we, we come to the point of, of, of salvation and we turn to Christ and we give our lives to Christ. Why not just take us out of here? Because there are other people who need to hear the gospel. There are other people who need to know Christ. And it says here in verse 19, notice what he said, go home to your family and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he's had mercy on you. So we were to go to our families, we're to go to people in the towns, we're to go to these other places, and as it says in verse 20, notice what this man did. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. That's what he did. He went into the Decapolis, He was telling other people about Jesus. The Decapolis that's referenced here is is a place where there are. It's the ten cities area. You know. Now we think of cities. It's not like they were the size of Portland or something. But it would be like you know he went into the region of. uh, And I'll use this example locally. He went into the. into Montville and into Searsmont and into Liberty and uh, into Morrill and into Belmont and into Waldo uh, and into Brooks and you get the you get the picture. He went all over the place and into the into this region uh, of the 10 cities. Now it wasn't as spread out as what I just uh, communicated to you. It was a little bit more nuclear uh, than that nuclear like nuclei, nucleus. A little closer together, I thought I'd better clarify what I mean by nuclear there, but he went and he began to tell how much Jesus had done for him and that we would be the same type of people that, that would communicate to others just how much Jesus has done for us. And it says the people were amazed. Friends, we are left here to encounter Christ We are left here to communicate the gospel to other people. We are left here that we would go home to our families and go to our friends and tell them how much the Lord has done for you. And for us to think about how much has the Lord done for us? How much has the Lord done for you? He has done so very, very, very much for all of us. Lord, help us. Help us to understand how it is that we are to be your witnesses. Help us to understand, help us to be so so rich in encounter with you that you just drip off of us, that you just fall off of us, that you just um, radiate from us, that we would be beacons of your light, not our own self-generated light, but the light of Christ emanating, coming through us shining through us lord help us to be so rich in relationship but we can't help but your light to shine through us and lord we pray for our friends we pray for our family members we pray for those in our community that don't yet know christ and ask that you would use us to uh, point them to christ lord even even people that we have uh, recently met or people that uh, uh, that we're encountering that may not know christ lord help us to to be that witness, use us to bring people into life-transforming relationship with Jesus Christ. That is our prayer. Lord, hear our prayer. Amen. Well, friends, that's a wrap for today. I'll let you go. Have a fantastic day, everyone. Live for Jesus. Be a light today.